and welcome to this audio recording of the weekly research roundup for research published between the 29th of March and the 4th of April 2022. I'm Katrina Pez, the research correspondent for the EMI Association. It's been a busy week for research with a lot of interesting research being published. There have been eight new studies and 14 studies on long COVID this week. We have highlighted two of the studies. Paper 1 is research funded by the ME Association Ramsey Research Fund using samples from the ME Biobank. I was also involved in proofreading the final draft before publishing. The purpose of this research is to work towards finding a diagnostic blood test or biomarker. The study employed a large range of statistical tests to help differentiate between severe ME and healthy controls. The researchers looked at over 800 different components in the bird, reducing these to 32, with a particular focus on extracellular vesicles and microRNA. When investigating this, the researchers found abnormalities in these plasma components in severe ME patients compared to healthy controls, which could hopefully lead to further investigations to find a diagnostic tool. There are a lot of complex terms in this paper. A brief summary of these is as follows. Extracellular vesicles are nanosized membrane-bound particles which are naturally released from almost all types of cells. They can transport other molecules such as DNA, RNA and proteins between cells as part of intracellular communication, particularly in immune system response. MicroRNAs are single-stranded, non-coded RNA molecules which help regulate various biological processes including energy metabolism and immune system responses. Rayworm spectrometry is a laboratory technique and can be example used to provide information on chemical structure and molecular interactions. It is based upon the interactions of light with chemical bonds within a material. Partial least squares discriminant analysis is a statistical method which is used to find the relationship between two variables. The findings of this study were limited by the small sample size, but the researchers hoped to take these findings further especially looking at the mechanisms involved in extracellular vesicles and microRNA. Furthermore, this is the second paper we have reported on recently looking at extracellular vesicles. We have also discussed this study on our Facebook page and we hope that there will be a press release from Oxford University soon. Paper 3 looks at the changes in plasma metabolomics, which is the study of metabolites present within the bud. This study looked at these following exercise, showing disruptive response and recovery. The study used a two-day exercise event with four time points to explore metabolic response. The most significant findings showed lipid and energy-related pathways and chemical structure clusters, which were differently affected by the first and second exercise sessions. Distinct to the ME-CFS cohort was the fact that the 24-hour recovery period, over one quarter of the pathways studied were shown to be 
statistically different, providing clues on metabolic disruption in post-exertional malaise, PEM. Many of these altered pathways are dependent on glutamate metabolism, which is crucial in organ homeostasis. This is a strong study with lots of interesting findings and new insights into PEM, which is due to the methodology used allowing a range of pathways to be studied. However, the study is limited by the sample size, using only 60 MECFS patients and 45 controls. Sex imbalance was also limited the studies, as the authors expressed difficulty in recruiting male participants, but took steps to minimise the effects on results. Also, pre-existing activity levels, the controls in this study were sedentary, but that doesn't mean that their activity level is equal to MECFS patients, could have limited the results in this study. We have asked Nicola Baker to comment on the study as an expert in cardinal pulmonary exercise testing, CPET. You may also be interested in reading paper 4 on predictors for developing severe MECFS following infectious mononucleosis, as well as paper 6 which looks at the parts of the brain known as the hippocampus and its role in cognition and memory. Thank you for listening to this audio recording. I will be back next week with the next instalment.